If you listen to episode number 47 of the Pop Culture Retrospective podcast, then you know that me and my sister were huge fans of Nickelodeon, the cable channel devoted to children's television. Nickelodeon was truly groundbreaking and ahead of its time when you take a look back at how the channel got started. Besides the unique programming, especially in the 80s and 90s, there was one thing, or substance I guess you could say, that really separated it from its competitors, and that was slime. The neon-colored, green, chunky liquid that was, and is, often dumped on various actors who star on a TV show or special on the network. It's really one of the most prominent things Nickelodeon is known for, just ask anyone who watched the channel growing up. Today's show is the second-to-last from listener suggestions, this time coming from a devoted listener named Preston. Thank you so much for your show idea. With that being said, on today's show, we'll be taking a brief look back at the history of slime, a staple on the Nickelodeon network since its early days. So, grab your double dare helmet, make sure you refrain from uttering the phrase, I don't know, and watch out, it's slippery. Here we go. So very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by and in memory of my big sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. My name is Amy Lewis, and I'm your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. You are tuning into episode number 51, The History of Slime, as suggested by a friendly listener of the show. Before we get into that, I would like to apologize for the delay in producing this episode and its release. Between illness going through our house, impacting both of our kids, as well as a lot of traveling, I have been quite busy these past few weeks, but I'm excited to be back. Thank you for your patience, and now, on with the show. The first time we got to see Slime on TV came on a show called You Can't Do That on Television. It was a kids' comedy sketch show that originated in Canada and was shown on Nickelodeon. This show really pushed the boundaries when it came to being categorized as a kid's show. For example, some of the sketches included Firing Squad, in which one of the child actors would be tied to a post and was slated to be shot by El Capitano and his firing squad dubbed the Amigos. The kid would often trick El Capitano so that he would, in fact, be the one to get shot. There was also a bit where two cast members would tell each other jokes from one locker to another locker, with each kid being inside of one. And who could forget the frequent airing of a bit called Barth's Burgers, in which a creepy-looking chef who chain-smokes, I might add, cooks up burgers, utilizing unsanitary methods, and serves it to the kids. He shares the nasty ingredients with the kids who are then grossed out. And uh, it was pretty gross. It was well done. The show ran from 1979 to 1990 and had a few well-known cast members, including Alanis Morissette, who starred in just six episodes during the 1986 season. 
She would go on to be an incredibly successful musician, as you likely know. And you ought to know. Anyways, there was also Abby Haydard, who played the mother on the show, often clad in a blue dress and yellow cleaning gloves. In addition to her work on You Can't Do That on television, she also provided her voice talents to Dennis the Menace, the Care Bears, and Teddy Ruxpin. Now, if that isn't an 80s trifecta, I don't know what is. And not to worry, I'm pretty sure at some point we'll be doing a show on all of those topics. Trust me. But let's get back to the slime, though. A gentleman by the name of Bill Buchanan worked in the props department of the show and was given the directive to find some kind of green, slimy, and hopefully disgusting substance that was needed for a sketch. A prop master named Paul Copping was told to make said slime, but he wasn't given any more information about how to make it. Allegedly, Copping made the first batch by combining a mix of latex paint and other unknown items. Eventually, the crew found out that the slime was going to be used for dumping on cast members of the show any time that they uttered the phrase, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it always green? Well, yeah, it usually is, but I guess it could be red. Afraid of the contents hurting the actors, because, you know, latex paint is not something good to ingest, the crew and producers agreed that a new slime formula needed to be created. The next round was made out of green jello mixed with flour. It was used for some time, but it became a bit too labor-intensive to use on the show. They then tried cream of wheat with green food coloring. And that didn't work too well either because it got stuck in the actor's hair. Eventually, a mix of cottage cheese, gross, and vegetable oil was used. Finally, vanilla pudding, oatmeal, applesauce, and green food coloring was used. This was also used on the classic kids' game show Double Dare. In addition to being on You Can't Do That on television, of course, and Double Dare, slime has also been used on most of Nickelodeon's game shows like Wild and Crazy Kids. On that show, it was called Blap, and it's also used on the Kids' Choice Awards, which started in 1988. On the Kids' Choice Awards, viewers get to pick favorites in categories like movies and music. But let's go back to Double Dare for a second. In case you are not familiar with the show, or if you have forgotten, Double Dare was a very popular game show which included two teams competing with each other in trivia, physical challenges, and the ultimate obstacle course at the end of the show. Said obstacle course could include challenges such as picking a large nose filled with goop, trying to find a flag, or pedaling a bicycle through whipped cream, again, trying to find a flag. The show needed 30 gallons of slime to be ready to tape. It took a crew of over a dozen people to clean up the set after each taping. The slime was needed for various physical challenges and the infamous obstacle course like we just talked about. Side note, my sister and I loved Double Dare, and we tried our best to recreate a lot of the obstacles in our own living room, which did not work out so well, but we had a lot of fun and got a lot of rug burns. 
Anyways, and let's not forget Wild and Crazy Kids, which had an impressive and catchy theme song that just screamed 90s. Have a listen to it. Wild and Crazy Kids ran for three seasons from 1990 to 1992 and was co-hosted by Omar Gooding, who I believe is the little brother to Cuba Gooding Jr., maybe? Donnie Jeffcoat, who had the most annoying mannerisms I have ever seen on TV. And there was also a female co-host that changed throughout the show's run. Like Double Dare, contestants on the show competed against each other on teams in events like Dizzy Bat Home Run Derby, where... Kids competed against adults who had to put their heads on top of a baseball bat that was standing up on the ground, spin around several times, and uh, attempt to hit the ball off of a batting tee. Other games included green light, red light, splash football, where an NFL quarterback would throw a football to a kid jumping off of a diving board, and many others. There were no awards given for winning a contest on the show, unlike some of the other Nickelodeon game shows. The reward was hanging out with Donnie Jeffcoat, stupid last name, and his annoying demeanor and his Tony Hawk rip-off appearance. Welcome to our Slam Dunk Fantasy, where nine young basketball players are going to get the chance to slam dunk a basketball through a hoop. But not just any ball and not just any hoop. We've got this trampoline, and each player will get the chance to bounce up into the air and stuff the ball in our first round, with the top scorers going head-to-head for the championship. Now, our judges will rate each slam dunk from 1 to 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. The judges will look for total hang time, which is the amount of time each player is in the air, how hard and clean each slam is, and how original it is. Now, remember, the more original, the better. Okay, so... Who, who do we have first? Uh, Jeff Stevenson, right? Yeah. How do you feel about slam dunking into that? Well, what I think is fun is when you get a slam dunk while you're in the air. It's fun all the different things you can do when you're dunking. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah! All right, well, go give it your best shot. Clearly, I'm not a fan. According to many former Nickelodeon stars, slime is apparently extremely cold and can often find its way into many, let's say, nooks and crannies of a person's body. You can think about that more on your own. Celebrities outside of the Nickelodeon family have also been slimed, including famous director Steven Spielberg, who was once slimed. He said he felt like he was being, quote, thrown up on. Ugh, thinking about being thrown up on makes me want to barf. Get it? Anyways, slime became so well-known and popular that it was available outside of Nickelodeon shows. At one point, you could even buy slime. Also, there was slime cereal, slime ketchup, which apparently is still available for a purchase on Amazon when it's in stock. And at one time, there was a slime geyser at the now defunct Nickelodeon Studios. It erupted every 15 minutes. 
For several years, Nickelodeon also hosted slime fests all over the country. Here, visitors could watch live music and participate in activities based around, well, you guessed it, slime. These events ran from 2012 to 2019. There was supposed to be one held in 2020, I think it was going to be in Chicago, but it was canceled due to concerns over COVID-19. Perhaps it will come back at some point. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. If you want to know more about Slime and Nickelodeon, there are several resources available to educate yourself on all things orange and, well, green. First, you can check out the fantastic documentary entitled The Orange Years, which I referenced on the recent episode I did about tween shows on Nickelodeon in the 1990s. It is a really good documentary. I highly recommend it. Uh, You can also watch a documentary about You Can't Do That on Television on Amazon called You Can't Do That on Film, which is available to rent. I have watched it. It's pretty good. There's also a book I hope to read at some point in the near future entitled The Nickelodeon 90s, Cartoons, Game Shows, and a Whole Bunch of Slime. Another interesting read is entitled Slimed, An Oral History of Nickelodeon's Golden Age. So, needless to say, Nickelodeon and subsequently slime continue to be a popular topic when it comes to films and books. I'm guessing mostly for the 39 to 49-year-old demographic of which I just happened to fall into, and so would my sister. Even Saturday Night Live recently incorporated You Can't Do That on Television and Slime into a recent episode. Again, 39 to 49-year-old demographic, which is not utilized by anybody, but I just wanted to use it myself. If you are enjoying the Pop Culture Retrospective podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and please rate the show. We have been holding steady at the same amount of reviews for quite some time, so if you are a fan of the show, or any other podcast for that matter, please rate it and share your thoughts. It doesn't cost anything, and it's a huge support to podcasters. I hope you'll join me for my next show, where we will close out our show topic suggestion series, where we will be discussing Soul Train. Not familiar with it? Well, I have seen more episodes of that show than I can count on both of my hands, and you will learn why. It's both an interesting and irritating story, if I do say so myself. My sister would be rolling her eyes if she was here, trust me. But more on that later. Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories.